The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. You don't deserve rock and roll. Tonight's song is... Garden. The song Garden is essentially divided into sort of first God section and second God section. Right. So first God... um, It's talked about for essentially one verse of the song. And then we have a person who is basically uh, out of date and kind of out of step because he's like a young generation dancing group from five years ago (laughs) doing country and western. And then um, he also puts on airs kind of because he's reading some like horror novel, but he has a German history book right at the top of it. Um, And then and then. The idea of Jacob's ladder comes in, uh, and ba- and then there's this whole long bit of uh, sort of readings from uh, Marky Smith's. <laughs> it's just really weird stuff. Uh, so it comes from, I believe, a recording of him doing the Marky Smith Guide to Writing Guide. Right. Like I think. I think right. I wrote that down. It was from like 1982, I believe. It's like a pirate radio station broadcast. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it was 83. So there's that bit. So I'm going to skip that for now because it's <laughs> a lot more involved. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be just this sort of, uh, it's kind of a segue between the two, but kind of not it's like one of those marky smith things where yeah he just throws shit in this very brosian kind of thing of (laughs) throwing words together exactly so and then so the second half of the song uh is about the second god who uh let's see lived by the mountains and has forgotten more than most still try to grasp right and then uh this god knows the evils of the phone and bells kind of stop when he uh rises Rose, <laughs> I, uh, Sunday bells too. So it, it's like church. Yeah. So yeah. The the one thing I was kind of cracking up about was like, well, w- when he rose is in God and Easter, or when he just gets up on a Sunday, the Sunday bells stop. That's what I thought. Like either way, kind of. That's pretty hilarious. That yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there's also another sort of hearkening back to uh, Jacob's ladder. Because mm-hmm. they talk about he's on the, uh, he's upstairs or, you know, he's here, he's here. Like the bays, I can't hear what it is. What, what is that line? The, up the brown bays lift shaft. He's here, he's here at last. <laughs> yeah. So bays, I, I actually, uh, luckily the annotated fall had this and should probably also say we we will probably steal a lot from there. Cribbing so from sh- them. Yeah, sure. Liberally. Uh, <laughs> But baize is the coarse fabric that's used on pool tables. And it's also used, uh, used to be used, probably still is kind of, within like uh, recording studios to kind of deaden the sound around. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and I also say, I would also say like, as far as religion goes, the whole uh, person screaming out, he's here, kind of reminded me of uh, the John the Baptist sort of thing. Sure. Uh, where John is sort of the introductory person to jesus yeah so, so who knew that marky smith was so in religion i don't know so, I, you know i was thinking that it feels like a lot of 
uh, young Brits know a lot of these stories just because, you know, they were forced to go to church a lot of the times. Oh, even yeah. though, I mean, I went to Sunday school for a very brief stretch, too, but a lot of these stories I don't remember at I, all. I went I went to Sunday school probably longer, and so I do remember a lot of weird <laughs> See? Weird. Yeah. And also just studying literature. Uh, sure. There's tons of people who use uh, the Bible as some sort of way to set up their story mm-hmm. or they uh, kind of revert back to it a lot or like one person I keep thinking of is Faulkner always used yes. the Bible always used Bible sort of analogies and exactly the myth of, of the Bible so um, so I thought that was interesting um, and it finally opened up the Garden of Lyrics page <laughs> yeah because the Church of England is such a pervasive thing <clears throat> and you know they have you know that's that's how these kids learn all these stories and i think that you know uh it, it makes sense to me that they would be stuck in his head and he'd be using them in this manner in this very surrealistic manner in garden yeah yes so i guess my first question is uh when you get to the first part of it especially with the first god in his garden from the back looks like a household pet when its world rounds was revealed to be a three-legged black gray hog. <laughs> Which is really hilarious and also just kind of shocking in the whole way that uh, the garden... So you're in a garden it's and it's, it's, you know, the Garden of Eden or whatever garden you want to use. Right. And uh, you see something that you think is possibly a dog and it turns around and it's this crazy three-legged, <laughs> three-legged pig, pig. <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea what that means but i thought it was yeah hilarious. i it's that's such a strange image that i don't know what why he's stuck on it sounds like a very uh you know psychedelic trip type of image it's just like you see right. this thing and that you know reveals itself to be something different before <laughs> it disappears and exactly yeah yeah definitely um and then, of course, there's the put down of the person who his, his films on TV five years back, at least. Yeah, which is pretty hilarious. And also that he's uh, the young generation dancing troupe trying to perform country and Western. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget how big. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I think even then, even in the, the 70s, like how big country music is. Yeah. In England and Australia. Oh, totally. They're like huge over there. They love it. The yeah. guy who was the uh, the host of the old gray whistle test like whispering bob smith i don't know if that's his name or not um he like that's his job now for bbc is he hosts a country show oh really on the bbc radio and that's just yeah that's i didn't just, know that's a big deal so i know that i know that uh you know johnny cash is huge at least whenever i meet like someone who's like a brit of yeah some sort, or irish or whatever, they always love things like Johnny Cash sure, and yeah. Merle Haggard. Yeah. So it's always kind of interesting to me. And I think also uh, Mark was a pretty big um, fan of country music. He was a big Hank Williams fan, I think? I think so. Something think like Some of the older guys, I yeah, know, for sure. Yeah, definitely older guys. But yeah. he, I've seen some... There's this weird video where some British magazine is at his house, and he pulls out all these like CB trucker albums. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a, that makes a lot of sense. Of yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I, you know, there because uh, you know they did the cover of White Lightning. Yeah, which yeah. was a George Jones song. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of other like I know that song and therein has a very countryish 
lilt to it. Yeah. Well, the the this uh, what is it? To encroachment yarbles. Has yeah, yeah, that yeah. Every day you gotta cry some, which is actually. I don't know if the guy who wrote it was country, but there's several country versions of that song. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. He seen, I mean, he, I think he liked that stuff, but he definitely leaned to the more of the rockabilly side of things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think it, you know, not not to guess what he's trying to get after, but with his uh, whole working class ideal. Yeah. I think that rockabilly and early country are basically kind of the same sort Oh, of I thing. think so. Yeah. Um, one's probably a little more speed fueled than, <laughs> than the other fair point yeah. yeah so so you know that would that would all make sense um as as far as what what he's alluding to i think is a yeah point. and he references other stuff in the song that you know are related to the old west like wild bill hickok and yeah talking about shotguns and yeah so so before we get to that completely sure sure I so I, I was just thinking so the first part of this song seems to be sort of ideal and then you've got this person who is or isn't in the garden, so it's a it's a, it's it's sort of a vision of uh, paradise, with right? A three legged pig, <laughs> and then and then we go to uh, this person who is just kind of five years back on everything and right. doing weird stuff, and infallible, and also. Um, you know, he was a contrived like that. So you have this contrived person. So you got paradise contrived person. And then you got the middle bit, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. And then, um, then yeah, then you've got like shotgun. And then this weird line where the best firms advertise the least. <laughs> and then in the second part, you've got this God who, you know, knows the evil of the phone, which is kind of communication. Um, and he's, he knows so much he's, forgotten like what others are still trying to grasp yeah i guess uh but then you've got like the rest of the song is essentially this weird kind of john the baptist character saying he's he's here. Here. <laughs> and, and that's basically it and then it cuts to the uh line that always sticks in my head when i think of marky e. smith a Jew on a motorbike right which he repeats that over and over yeah again. we'll we'll get into that in a second too uh <laughs> So so basically, first you got Paradise, kind of a doofy person. I yes, guess. doofy. Well, I don't know what that means. But anyway, <laughs> and then the second, and the second, you've kind of got this god that doesn't like to communicate. Uh, you know, he's come down from heaven in a way, because that's what I was thinking. Also, with the bells ceasing when he rose, I think the annotative hall mentioned something about how. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of when God comes to earth, he's no longer in heaven. Yeah. So if God is on earth and the bells stop, so he's already here. He doesn't like communication <laughs> and he's really smart. Uh, but then you, then it cuts to this other person who's kind of like this John the Baptist, but only repeats the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And says, no, he's really here. I swear. I saw him. It was, no, he's up. Yeah. He's up the lift or whatever. You yeah. Know? So we never actually see the God, but we definitely see uh, another person who possibly is a little, if not behind, then definitely probably fallible because there's no explanation of 
from John the Baptist. It's just no, he's here. Like, right. You best you best behave. It's just it's jumping around perspectives so much in this song. Where like we're seeing you know these different oh, characters, totally, and yeah. then like it jumps into that one, which is very a, a totally different character that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. That and uh, yeah, and then that whole last section where it's just you know, you <laughs> which you know. Which always cracks me up. Yeah. yeah. So, I, and I was also thinking, like, I've read this a couple of different times, but um, there's a story that where Marky e. Smith said that uh, that came from him always talking to this bus driver that they had who was mm. Jewish. And he was always like, you know, that's something you never see a Jewish guy on a motorbike. And then one day he was going somewhere and saw, like, a whole host of, like, you know, Orthodox kids on yeah, motorbikes like an or something. Orthodox Jew bike gang. And yeah, they were, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's where it came from. I think also uh, there's the whole Bob Dylan thing of his motorcycle wreck. Yeah. But the one, the, the funniest one I thought of today while thinking about this was, and this is men with no offense, but in the 70s, at least in America, if not in Britain, like Happy Days was a huge show. Yeah. Is uh, that 80s, 70s and 80s? Right? This is 70s yeah. and the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little kid, I can't remember. Um, but anyway, Henry Winkler was the Fonz. He's like the quintessential biker dude, you yeah. know, supposedly, at least character on TV. And yeah. he, it, like his parents are like Germ- German Jewish who came over in nineteen thirty nine. Yeah. yeah. So it's I wonder if he's I wonder if he's talking if he if that came into his brain. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's interesting just considering like his the trope that he's trying to do with this with the Fonzie character that Gary Marshall was was the sort of Marlon Brando and the wild one right. kind of thing. And it's just like this, you know. <laughs> and ne- it was always nebbishy ca- Jewish dude. yeah it was just like a <laughs> tiny Jewish guy being a tough guy <laughs> was always pretty hilarious I think to anyone who watched yeah, that yeah uh, beating on jukeboxes yeah so that's a whole nother thing to get into but, <laughs> but I still thought it was pretty funny that is really funny um, I like the the image early on of this this thing it's it's another dig at whoever this other character is that comes in in the, in the early part of the, the, the <laughs> song mm-hmm where he had a kingdom of evil book under a German history book as if like, you know, he's, he is trying to put on this front of like reading this really important stuff and keeping up with the world. Right. right. But underneath he's got this very pulpy, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like some sci-fi horror, horror book. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, uh, yeah, the guy who wrote that wrote a couple of different, uh, pulpy books and then started writing for Hollywood. Strangely enough. That is strange. Yeah. Yeah. Like apparently he wrote, Oh, he co-wrote Gone with the Gun Wind? with the Wind. Yeah. yeah. So, His Girl Friday, which is crazy. Yeah, there's lots of... A couple of, of Hitchcock books. Yeah. Exactly. It was kind of weird. So, so yeah, definitely... Like, there's lots of images in the song that always stick out to me. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's one of my favorite songs. But those sorts of things where it's like... Oh, he keeps a, he keeps a German history book over... It's like putting a playboy yeah uh, un- underneath, underneath, underneath like popular mechanics right or, uh, <laughs> yeah so no one knows yeah but it's pretty yeah i think it's it's pretty hilarious and the fact that the guy was contrived like that that always kind of summed up yeah all those two verses before it was just like here's this guy he puts on all these airs it's not quite what he is or even seems to be yeah Impossible, and probably he doesn't even realize. It. <laughs> so, I thought that was interesting. Um, so you, I haven't even. We could we can kind of talk about the middle part. I don't have any th- much on it. Um, Which the, this is the Reg Varney. Yeah, yeah. So there's the Reg Varney bit, and then if you listen to the song intermix, 
like the Reg Varney bit is on like one speaker, and then there's another yeah, yeah, thing yeah, yeah. underneath or on the other side, which has the uh, um, the Wild Bill hip shaves and charts at last. Mm-hmm. Second God sad. So that's how we move into the second God. Um, but Wild Bill Hick, which I'm guessing is Wild Bill Hick- Hickok. Yeah, that would make sense. It's a to Western me. figure. But it's also at the dig of being a Hick, you know. Right, exactly. South, you know? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Because, no, uh, well, as it says here in the annotated thing, that, that they said that that was a dig at Pete Wiley. Oh, right. Okay. Which. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then apparently Reg Varney was like a British actor or something. Yeah. Um, Pete Wiley was the uh, the leader of the band Wah, the mighty Wah, who was big in that era, you know. <laughs> Another Liverpool gent, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Another. Yeah, and there's always, yeah. This is why I like going to the Annotated Fall, because there's all these, uh, well, obviously not being from Britain, uh, f- <laughs> yeah. finding out what, what all these British little... Uh, comments and you know all these different british characters and stuff yeah he was amazing at that just like working in all these very specific references to british uh celebrities and british culture that uh you know we over here in the states would never get unless we were digging around or knew that world really well right right uh you know he was you know a very quintessential british songwriter in that way definitely to in a way i don't know i'm trying to think of an american analog to that i can't think of any songwriters we can definitely think of like authors and stuff yeah yeah but i don't know that many songwriters i mean they're like well i know i know lots American. of songwriters well, yeah. but none, <laughs> none that uh i mean i guess there's like there's there's sort of all country people and then there's dylan who are throwing in stuff but it's not quintessentially american stuff right it's and it's usually it has more to do with just mythology in general like i know well dylan could throw an american myth but it wasn't his own it wasn't his only thing that he did right and so there you go but um <laughs> but i think mark definitely on his better days could throw in could make a big jumble of words like this and uh bring in uh religion and british television and uh you know yeah all these other people that it's just do. that's what made him so special it just his lyrics are so dense and just seemingly tossed off like exactly. they're nothing and i don't know how <laughs> anyone could do that and, and the fact that he was like you said grew up in this very working class environment right it was very much a self-made sort of autodidact yeah definitely so yeah it's crazy to me and and usually I mean, I've known quite a few autodidacts, and uh, one they seem they tend to be kind of uh, uh, what should I say? <laughs> um, I guess up not really uptight, but intense. That was they the can word. be really intense, intense. yeah. Uh, but also really hard to uh, argue that they're wrong against. Yeah, I could see that being an issue with Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of so he is kind of like the quintessential autodidact, yeah, whatever self-made man yeah, that decided yeah. to go into rock and roll. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Which yeah, this seems like you know the mixture of high and low art is if, you know the best example of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially like going into rock and roll as opposed to working as a, 
guy on the dock like, yeah checking in stuff yeah which there's songs shipping about clerk. That. yeah exactly yeah. like the so, container drivers and all that yeah, yeah exactly so fascinating that guy yeah and yeah that uh obviously punk rock was a big you know uh catalyst for him going down that path but yeah you know, i would agree but nothing i don't know nothing he ever made ever sounded like punk rock right you know? i think that's part of it too it's yeah like maybe some of the stuff on from around live from the witch trials or is it live at or from i can never remember i think it's live at the witch trials okay so live live at the witch trials uh a lot of that stuff sounds like punk rock but then you get the dragnet and it's kind of punk rock but then you get things where like specter versus rector where yeah it's just a big mess and then you get into (laughs) like totals returns and yeah and he's really getting messing with uh the idea of what a recording is yeah that. exactly <laughs> it sounds you know something like paintwork or something like that can just sound like garbage at parts of it you know? oh, right. he's okay with that and like i think even up to the last couple of records that they did he was messing around a lot in the studio with the recordings oh, that they were totally. doing and i think also well even towards the end i think more towards the end he was not even dealing with words but just using his voice to like <laughs> growl and make terrifying weird noises yeah it was, it was really was terrifying like, oh. Yeah, so he instead of like in this period where it's basically a uh, short story kind of with weird, you know, weird fiction, yeah, sort of yeah. horror fiction. Uh, it was like towards the end he was using uh, his voice to actually bring out the horror, not just in these weird splotches of. It was more like a sound effect. Yeah, which this is one of those songs where he does do a sound effect, and I was thinking about that. He starts going. Right, right, right. So, like, I just wrote it down because I wasn't sure what, like, I could never figure out if that's, like, a machine gun. Because, I mean, when you're a young boy, you make machine gun sounds. Absolutely. Like that. I was pretty good at it. Or, I'm not going to do it now, but I yeah, was pretty right, good right. at it. Yeah, right, right. So, is it, like, wind? Is it is it water? Is it, like, some... Where in the song does that come in? Remind me of that if you can. Uh, so, it's it's either, I think it's right before Jew on a motorbike. Okay. So, it goes, it's after the, he's here at last, I saw him, I swear. Oh, and then yeah, he that's right, yeah. Like, for 30 seconds or something, like... A pretty good portion of the song. Yeah, maybe that's the sound of the lift taking them up yeah, to see the Jew on the motorbike. Or maybe the, or maybe the motorbike has some problems. There you go. That could, could be, could be that the motorbike too. sound too. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Marky Smith, big on sound effects. Yeah, and he was, and this was the period when he was really doing that really weird falsetto that he would get into. Or oh like yeah. Get his voice super high. Squeaky. Yeah, that squeaky little thing. Yeah, uh, which when we get to another song that we're going to talk about later. Uh, or in another episode, you know, that, <laughs> right. that's a big part of that, I think. Oh, definitely. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, th- I, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like he's almost like a kid in that way, where he finds that his voice can do something, and he's like, "Well, I'm just going to abuse this till someone right. tells me to stop." Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Because it totally is like that. Like, oh yeah. It seems like most of the time that's what he's doing half the time. With yeah. Songs, with like, with lyrics, with language, with everything. It's the whole just punk like, rock thing is yeah. like up yours and he's just using different ways to 
do that. Yeah, oh, we're, we're going to just drive this beat into the ground for like 10 minutes here. Right. And you're going to have to deal with it. And I'm just going to say whatever comes into my head, which is this jumble of, you know, right. J.G. Ballard and, you know, <laughs> biblical imagery and, uh, yeah, and strange little bits. stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and strange bits from, you know, my favorite actors. <laughs> right. So, yeah. That, so I guess back to that a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Reg Varney stuff. I've wondered if that was actually from Reg Varney or if it was something that Mark just attributed to Reg Varney. Yeah. I've always thought that when he does that kind of stuff, right, they aren't actual quotes. I mean, I could be completely wrong about that, but I've always found that really fascinating. I would think they're not actual yeah. quotes, but I could be wrong. But it always it always struck me as like the Monty Python bits that they would do and maybe the second se- second or third season where we'd have these little interstitial things of people writing angry letters to the BBC or to the Radio Times, just something like that. Right. And they would read them out loud. And, and um, that always it felt like one of those. And they would attribute it to like either strange people or they'd make up names or they'd you know, attribute it to you know, famous <coughs> actors or right. news personalities. Right, yeah. No, it's, it definitely seems like that's something Mark is doing. Yeah. Um, I don't, was he a big python fan i feel I like he, i feel like he would Probably. be but i don't know that seems like a, his level of intelligence so, yeah exactly yeah, seems know. like one of those things i love the 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 dual imagery that he uses in the beginning where he talks about he's talking about the, the three-legged hog and he says see what flows from his mushy pen and oh, then yeah. talking about that you know that uh that contrived character and see what flows from his slushy pen uh-huh. as if you know that's a sort of calling that guy a, a pig basically or just <laughs> right. the, the intelligence of at least you know <clears throat> right well yeah it's kind of int- i i thought those little i don't know kind of a bridge areas where it's like it gets mushy and then slushy yeah and i swear one of them smushy probably but i don't know <laughs> but um so i i really liked how he basically kept it mo- the story moving like that so it goes from god god to, you know creates this guy who's yeah lackluster and uh the lackluster guys creating this slushy pen stuff you know <laughs> so no, yeah i, I you know because really you could, if you want to look at it from a, a biblical end of him creating this character uh you know it could be like you know if god traded an adam in what was then modern england and what would that person look like and it's this you know completely contrived oh right. la- lazy person watching <laughs> country watching you know old movies and from wanted five to, years ago from five years ago and wanted to be in a country band or something. yeah exactly um well the only thing i was going to bring up and i think this gets mentioned and annotated was um d- during the second time where kind of the jacob's ladder Oh, and I guess in case you don't know, Jacob's letter is like this vis- this dream that Jacob has in the Bible when he's being pursued by his brother or brothers. Right. And uh, it's like a ladder that reaches the heaven. It's basically how people go from earth to heaven. Yeah. And it kind of also, I think most people view it as God or Jacob himself, which is another podcast entirely. But, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of taking taking over you know jewish history and all that that entails yeah and stuff so then when we get to the second um jacob's ladder which is the the bays the beige the bays brown brown bays <laughs> brown lift bays. shaft right so uh <laughs> uh that that's kind of that, on the annotated fall site there's a thing where somebody had written in that it was a part of 
uh, an old kids playground song in in Britain, and the and they used to sing Jesus Christ Superstar came down from heaven on a Yamaha, <laughs> which I thought was fucking genius. <laughs> so, I like that. But it was like to, you know to the tune of Jesus Christ Superstar, and there yeah. were other ones that had stuff to do with bras and stuff. But wouldn't that be the Jew on a motorbike then? Exactly. The Yamaha bike? And that's yeah. the other thing. It's like you know. A Jesus Christ superstar on a Yamaha, like driving around. <laughs> so there's all kinds of weird, like Jew on a motorbike stuff going on. Yeah, and I kind of, I, I kind of just thought that was interesting, like especially with the Jacob's Ladder stuff. Yeah, you know, and and unfortunately that movie hadn't come out yet, so Mark probably didn't uh, write about that. Although he does strangely write about like the things, the Jesus Christ superstar the movie. Oh no, no. I'm talking about Jacob's ladder. Oh, Jacob. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he does. He does seem pretty prescient sometimes. In yeah, his it's age, true. But yeah. Not this time. Yeah.